is aimed at new investors. Hire a property manager first. Interview them, and more importantly, get references, then let them help you with your buying decisions. Best ever listeners, do you want to make more money on your real estate projects? Well, I'm guessing that I'm hearing you say, oh yeah, baby. (laughs) Well, guess what, my friends? Today's best ever sponsor, Fund That Flip, is working with well, one of our previous best ever guests who has the most po- one of the most popular episodes, Jay Scott. If you aren't familiar with this episode, then go check that out, episode 217. If you are, because you're a loyal best ever listener, then you know that he knows how the heck to both analyze deals, especially flips, how to optimize the profits on those flips, and how to look at the market. Because of that, Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has worked with him and put together a guide that is the seven tips to increase your real estate profits in today's market. Go check that out. Go get that guide. I've read through it myself. I've learned a lot of things from it, from how to analyze the market cycles, as well as how to optimize profits and not lose money or mitigate your risk for losing money on your deals. Go check it out, fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. You're going to learn the tools to better understand your local market and position your business for success. You're going to know how to analyze the real estate cycle and how to use short-term investing to capitalize on the market cycle and seven concrete actionable tips to make more money on your deals. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. And we've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and many other best ever guests. And in fact, if you don't have the app for this show on your iPhone or Android, then you can go find it in the application store and download it for free. I actually like that a lot better than the regular iTunes app. With us today, we have a very special guest, someone who has experienced both in the management as well as the fix and flip variety and wholesaling. So with us today, how you doing, Dick Rosen? Good, good. Well, I'm glad to hear that, my friend, and a little bit about Dick, and then he'll get into it in more detail. He is a broker at Legacy Home Management, which is a family-owned company serving property owners and tenants. He's completed 30 to 40 deals since 2011, and he still holds and manages seven rental properties in Minnesota, which you might pick up on his Minnesota accent. I already have, and I really enjoy it. He's completed some fix and flips. He's wholesaled a little bit, and he's based now in sunny Phoenix, Arizona. And you can say hi to him at LegacyHomeManagement.com. With that being said, Dick, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Sure. I actually started buying uh, rental properties back in 2005. The reason being is it looked like a good tax advantage for somebody with a good W-2 income. And so I was not buying very smartly. I just bought for the tax write-offs. Then in 2008, we left the corporate world and I left my W-2 income behind. And all of a sudden, uh, 
the, that real estate with cash flow was a lot more important to me. And I've never gone back to a W-2 income since. Um, I've just grown my portfolio up to a good level at one point, And then we decided that we wanted to move south. And so we moved south to Arizona, to Phoenix, got my license and started managing rental properties for other people. And the main reason I did that is because I had hired and fired three different property management companies to manage my Minnesota properties when I moved. And after realizing that I was going to have a hard time finding anybody that wanted to manage properties the way I wanted it done, I decided to just start my own company and start managing other people's properties down here. The main focus is to build the management business to a point where it can manage the way I want it done and also take care of my properties so then I can step aside and start buying more rental properties from my own portfolio. How many properties did you have before you sold some of them? Uh, when I left Minnesota, I had 33. 33, is that doors? 33 doors, probably, let's see, one, I think there was three or four of them that were duplexes and the rest of them were singles. Okay. And now you have seven? Yes. And how did you decide which ones to keep and which ones to hold on to? When I was buying real estate with a nice W-2 income for tax advantages, I was not buying very smartly. And so the ones that didn't have cash flow, in fact, I was feeding them. Those are the ones that I got rid of. If you can just pick one of them, any of those that you sold, what was the purchase price and what were you getting rent for? Well, there was one in St. Cloud that I think the purchase price was around 130 something like that. And that was a duplex with the upstairs getting about 400 and the bottom was getting about six. Okay. Thousand dollars rent, one hundred and thirty thousand purchase price. In that example, if you remember, how much did you sell it for? Um, it was under one thirty. We took a loss on it. Okay. When were these being sold? <laughs> At the crash, we sold them in two thousand seven and eight. Is when we got rid of stuff. No, no. Excuse me. Excuse me. It was more like uh, two thousand nine and ten, mm-hmm. and then we moved to Arizona in eleven. Okay. The seven properties that you have now, which one's your favorite and why? My favorite, which is not the biggest money maker, is uh, a single family home in Otsego, Minnesota. And the reason it's my favorite is because we built that house in 2002 and it was my home. And because I was in property management, when we moved, I told my wife, I said, we're not going to sell this place. The prices are down. We're just going to rent it out and keep it. That's about a break even property right now, but it's like I say, we built that house, so it's my favorite. Which one cash flows the greatest? The greatest cash flow is one up in northern Minnesota. I bought that one for, I think it was $32,000. It's a duplex, and total rent is about 1300 Great numbers. You do a lot of maintenance on that? My wife and I did a lot of the work ourselves back then, and we did a lot of upgrading to the properties before we ever rented it out. And uh, I've had that place since 2006, and I think I've only been there twice since then, and we really haven't had a whole lot of maintenance to do. Have you had the same tenants in there the whole time? The downstairs has turned over once. The upstairs has turned over once. But funny, the upstairs... I had a young girl in there for 
a couple of years, and then she decided to move out to the state of Virginia for some reason. So her mom stepped in and took over her lease, and she's still there. <laughs> it's turned over once, but it's always been the same family. That's great. That's the best type of tenant right there. If one of them moves out, then someone in the family moves right back in. How did you get 33 doors? A little bit of everything, really. I was doing some marketing for the purpose of wholesaling. I was putting in a lot of offers on REOs, MLS REOs. My son was a realtor at the time, so he was looking. First two properties I bought came through my son. I think most of it came from direct mail marketing and for the purpose of wholesaling and I just some of my just some of my fixed and flipped, some of my kept. How did you get that duplex for thirty two thousand that rents for thirteen hundred? <laughs> that was thanks to my website. I don't know how she found the website, but she found my website and she kept harassing me for a long time to come and buy her house. I didn't want it because it's about hundred and fifty miles away and I just didn't want to go that far for a rental. And she just kept after me for, I don't know, about two months. And then finally, I told her on the phone, I said, okay, you owe 36, 38, whatever it was. I said, if I come up there and buy it, I'm going to buy the place subject to. And there isn't going to be no money changing hands. You're just going to sign over the property to me. And it's all going to be done in one day or else I'm not driving up there. And she said, yes, that's fine. So I said, okay. So I drove up there and. I drove right to the property and the tenants were there and they were very nice and they gave me a tour of the property before I even met the lady that owned it. <laughs> and so I got the property tour and I said, okay, I said, I think I can make this work. And I called the lady and I said, okay, I'm here. I've toured the house. What do you want to do now? Where are you at? And she happened to live in another town about five miles away. And it's an elderly lady and her husband. And I said, okay, I'll come up there. And I went and picked her up. We sat at the kitchen table and talked for a while. And then we drove downtown to the Wells Fargo Bank for a notary and signed the paperwork. And it was done. Hmm. And she came through your website. Do you know why she kept following up with you? I don't know why they picked me, but they were pretty persistent about getting rid of the property. They're, like I say, they were elderly. Uh, he actually passed away about a year after that. They were living in a rental apartment in the next town. And they had some family living in this duplex that were really taking advantage of her and they weren't paying rent. They were supposed to be making the mortgage payments and they weren't. And she just wanted to dump this place and have a stranger come in and take over because she had family living in it. Mm, okay. I still don't know how she found my website and why she was so persistent with me. But Yeah, well, we'll take it. Yep. Did you kick out the family members or did they start paying you? I think most of them disappeared. <laughs> I didn't have to kick anybody out. They just said, oh, there's a new sheriff in town. We're getting out of here. Huh. And how do you manage a property that's 150 miles away? It was difficult. Like I say, we did a lot of work and a lot of maintenance and upgrading on the place to make it a good sound property before we left. From there, I think it just comes down to good, proper screening of tenants when you move them in and they take care of the place for you. The lady that's upstairs, she's called a few times for maintenance issues, but when she calls me with a maintenance issue, she also calls me with a solution and somebody who's going to take care of it and said, so this is what it's going to cost. And I said, that's fine. Go ahead. And when they get done, they send me pictures and I send them a check. Hmm. Simple. Yep. Do they mail in checks to you 
for rent or is there something that's electronic set up? 50-50. The lady upstairs mails me a check and the lady downstairs, they do it electronically. The lady upstairs is a little older and she's not electronically in tune. Right. Well, now that you're in Arizona, what's been the major focus of your time now? Sounds like it's a property management company, but in particular, is it finding new investor clients or is it doing other things? I would like to focus on finding more clients, but honestly, because of my experience of fix and flip and my own rental portfolio, the investors seem to find me because of that. And they come to me with rundown, distressed properties in a lot of cases, knowing that I can get it fixed up and get it rented and take care of it. So probably 75% of my day is still doing fix and flips. The only difference is I'm fixing somebody else's property and I'm flipping it to a tenant and then I manage it. Mm-hmm. Well, Dick, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Uh, this is this, based on what I just said. This is aimed at new investors. Hire a property manager first. Interview them and more importantly, get references Then let them help you with your buying decisions. When you look at your struggles by hiring and firing different property managers, what were two common themes, if there were common themes, among the ones that you fired? The common theme with the ones that I fired and including the other property management companies that I have seen here in Arizona since getting into the business is they are all very self-motivated. They're in the business to make money. And honestly, property management is not a real lucrative business. You're not going to make a lot of money. It's just going to be a sideline thing. So my focus is to make that asset perform as best as it possibly can as if it were my own. Other managers don't have that same focus. Their focus is how do I get the most money out of this property? Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't make a lot of money in property management, and I have heard that from a lot of people, then why are you trying to grow the business? How do you benefit from a business standpoint? I expect to have this management company to a level where it can at least support itself so that I can step aside and grow my rental portfolio and the management company will manage my properties the way I want it done. Hmm. Okay. So you want to eventually create the management company to be self-sustaining, one, and then two, to manage the properties that you have. But just from an outsider perspective, I'm trying to think through that. And it seems like it would be less time and cheaper to hire someone to do the management so that you don't have to spend time growing this company that doesn't make much money just to have it be self-sustaining and then have it manage your own properties. You're probably correct, but I guess after firing three of them and my bullheaded attitude, I just said, I'm going to do this myself. Then I'll go start buying more rental properties. Okay. Well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you're a wholesaler or wanting to wholesale, then you've got to check out this video. It's at wholesalinginc.com. 
it's a interview that Tom Kroll, and if you recognize Tom's name, well, that's because he was a guest on episode 395. He has documented his conversation with a motivated seller. So you hear from when he gets out of his car all the way to the very end when he's talking to the neighbors about different houses on the street. If you're into wholesaling or want to get into wholesaling, go listen to it. Go to wholesalinginc.com and go check that out. Best ever book you've read? Um, I thought about this one a long time before you called. I don't read very much. I could have named off a few books that I've read, but in fact, I really don't read that much. I'd rather listen to podcasts, including yours. Sweet. I'll take it. Best ever personal growth experience, and what would you learn from it? Losing my W-2 income brought a whole new level of financial management to my life. I have not had a W-2 income since 2008, and I'm proud of it, but I had to learn a lot about my own financial life because of that. And what's one thing you learned that helped you continue to have no W-2 income? I got rid of all my debt and managed cash flow so that I don't need any more debt. Mm -hmm. When you buy properties, you don't put any mortgage on them or anything like that? Nope. What's an example for how you would do that now? Seller financing, especially in the multifamily, is the people selling multifamily are more in tune with seller financing and, and they're just more savvy to that stuff than a single family home seller is. And so to go out and buy, I'm not talking million dollar plus, I'm talking about little fourplexes, sixplexes where you can get them for. Those sellers are very willing to sell with seller financing that with very low rates and you can make a good cash flow and get them paid off quickly. Best ever deal you've done? I'd love to tell this story if I got a couple minutes to do it. Yep. Um, I was uh, in a BNI networking group. I'm sure you've heard of that. What's BNI? Just for anyone who hasn't. Business Networking International. Okay. It's basically a networking group. We got together once a week, and you do a 60-second commercial for yourself, and you listen to everybody else's 60-second commercial. That was the majority of the meeting. And I was doing I Buy Houses at the time. It was my 60-second commercial. And one of our, our other members, her name was Robin, she uh, stood up and made her 60-second commercial, said that she had gotten a job offer in another state and she was really excited about it and then she turned and looked at me and said dick i need you to come take a look at my house <laughs> i went out, <laughs> i went out and looked at her house she'd had it on the market for a while already and she wanted more than what the market was willing to give her for it and i told her i will give you what you're asking for it if i can take it subject to and you carry a second on the rest i'll give you a thousand dollars a month rent because I took it on a lease option. I'll give you $1,000 a month rent, and we'll pay it off in five years. She said, great, take it, it's yours, I'm leaving. She left, I got it rented for $1,500, I made a $500 a month spread for about two years, and then I noticed on Facebook that she had lost that job in the other state, and she was back in Bloomington, Minnesota. 
And I reached out to her on Facebook and I said, Robin, I said, I have a tenant just getting ready to move out. Would you like to have your house back? And she called me crying, said, I would love to have my house back. So we just basically just tore up the contract. I made a $500 a month spread for two years and she got her home back and uh, everybody was happy. And that, that wasn't a big money maker, but that deal just made me feel so good. Yeah, that is a great story. Thank you for sharing. And definitely, I saw a poster the other day and it said, I saw that period and then underneath it, it said karma. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Love it. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I love to network with people, particularly new young investors wanting to get into the business, sit down and have coffee and share my knowledge and my experience and hopefully help them out. What's the biggest mistake you've made so far in real estate? Overleveraged myself in the beginning. That's why I'm so against financing now, mm-hmm. bank financing. I certainly understand that and really, really appreciate you being on the show. What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? Uh, my office number is 480-382-1608 or email is dick at LegacyHomeManagement.com. Well, thanks again, Dick, for sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners and talking about your lifelong experiences, both from property management, the pitfalls that you've come across, and how that's changed your approach now to the homes that didn't work out, the 130K purchase, getting the 1000 in rent, selling at a loss, and then the homes that are working out and have been working out, the $32,000 duplex that's renting out for 1300 bucks and the story behind that property as well as Robin's story with the BNI group where you did the subject to clearly a lot of creative ways to get into deals you're totally against leverage at this point so you're working on seller financing and things like that that allow you to get in so thanks so much for being on the show love the creativity hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon Thanks, Joe, and I appreciate the show. If you're a wholesaler or wanting the wholesale, then you've got to check out this video. It's at wholesalinginc.com. It's a interview that Tom Kroll, and if you recognize Tom's name, well, that's because he was a guest on episode 395. He has documented his conversation with a motivated seller. So you hear from when he gets out of his car all the way to the very end when he's talking to the neighbors about different houses on the street. If you're into wholesaling or want to get into wholesaling, go listen to it. Go to wholesalinginc.com and go check that out.